0: minimum wage is going up, in some cases way up. How will retailers and supply chains cope? Hi everybody, I'm Bob Bowman, managing editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. It's a nationwide trend. It's happening at the federal, state, and local levels. In some cases, private businesses are voluntarily stepping forward and increasing their own workers' wages. Meanwhile, laws are being passed to boost the minimum wage to as high as $15 an hour, all of which is bound to have a profound impact on businesses in multiple sectors, especially retail. Overall increases are estimated at between 30 and 40 percent, Yet only a small portion of that rise can be recovered through higher prices. So what can companies do to offset these sharply higher operating costs? We'll get answers today from Dennis Kaglar, a principal with PwC's Strategy and Practice. He describes a broad range of steps that companies can take. He says they're going to have to question their entire business models in order to survive and stay profitable. So here are some solutions in my conversation with Dennis Kaglar. Dennis
1: Keglar, welcome to the program. Well, Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Obviously, one of the big issues right now in corporations is the rising minimum wage, which we're seeing all over the place at state levels, local levels, and maybe even federal levels in certain instances. And I think what we need to do is talk about how companies can accommodate this phenomenon. And I'm wondering, what do you see as the trend? Do you think it really is a strong trend nationwide that, that – we're looking at a significant minimum wage hike.
1: It, it definitely is a trend, in my view, uh, with the clients that I work with. And um, as uh, we look at our industries that we support, we do see a trend towards rising rates. As you mentioned, Bob, there are many states and some municipalities that are increasing their minimum rate, wage rates voluntarily. And at the same time, we also see some companies, especially I work more in retail, consumer packaged goods industries, and we see retailers proactively increasing their minimum wage rates. So it is definitely trend. And frankly, the one big unknown is how far it's going to go, how high it's going to go. Clearly, on the federal minimum wage side, there is a lot of political considerations. But uh, otherwise, at the state level, at the municipality level, at the individual company level, we do see a shift in minimum wage.
0: Well, the talk right now is fifteen dollars. Is that the amount, or is it going to be still differ from place to place and company to company?
1: Oh. <laughs> It is, It is, uh, in my view, it is going to differ from company to company and uh, clearly state to state. And uh, at the federal level, it's uh, anybody's guess with the, uh, everything going on in the political landscape and election year, uh, $15 minimum wage uh, to me seems uh, – a little further out there. Uh but at the state level where the political climate is more favorable and individual city level it is uh, certainly a number that we hear we see companies or uh, states or municipalities pushing for it but how far they're going to go how quickly they're going to go sets a tough bet. Individual companies get into $15 it's going to depend very much on where they're starting from. So a company that starts most of their employees a retailer, take a retailer, that starts most of their employees at or close to minimum wage rates, say something around $8 an hour, perhaps or 8 an hour. And uh, when their average hourly employee labor rate in their stores, for example, is say $9, $10 an hour, for them to go to $15, I, I can't see that happening. Even if they are pressured, they're willing to do it proactively by themselves to some degree. It is a big hit on their cost structure. So we do see the gradual increase to something more in the range of ten, ten fifty, eleven dollars an hour possibly. But those starting at a much lower average labor rate have a a huge climb to get to fifteen dollars. It could be, it could be a catastrophic increase for them.
0: As you point out, not completely by regulatory fiat, that there are certain companies that are voluntarily doing this for one reason or another, correct?
1: They are, they are. Uh, so I see two reasons for that. One is for some, the minimum wage rate has stayed too long at the level it's been at. And at the wage rates they are paying, they're not able to attract the talent they need in their, uh, in their businesses. So they are increasing the minimum wage rate, uh, the company specific minimum wage rate, to attract and retain the talent that they need in their businesses. And then frankly, the second one is a bit more of a, uh, maybe the cynical view, a little bit of a PR uh, aspect to this as well, that uh, some companies reading the, the winds uh, as they see the wage rates potentially increasing in the horizon one or two or three years out, they're voluntarily doing it to generate some goodwill with their employee base, but also with the general public. If the rates are coming, you're going to do it anyway. Why not do it a little bit proactively and with your own timetable? and uh, generate some goodwill, get some good publicity out of it.
0: Well, now, clearly the minimum wage over the years has risen gradually, and companies have grappled with that situation all along. The remedies that they put in place in order to absorb previous increases in the minimum wage, do they work now here as well, or is this a whole new animal in terms of the amount or the situation that they find themselves in?
1: It is ultimately going to depend on how fast and how high the wage rates do increase. But what we do see is a a potentially game changer with the political pressures and the big push for ten dollars plus minimum federal minimum wage rate if that it does go that level from where it is today it's a uh... my math is not that great it's on the order of a thirty forty percent increase and that's a that's a pretty big pretty big shock to the system to make up for that the companies we do see that they need to take a holistic look at their business model, not only their cost structure, but their business model. How are they going to compete in the, in the marketplace? How do they serve their customers? What type of service they provide? And how they run their operations and question the talent that they have in, in their organizations and their businesses to be able to deliver that new business model they're going after. So it is not, it is not going to be about raising prices one or two percentage points. It's going to be difficult to do that in the first place, but maybe they can. some can get away with one or two, three percentage points. But uh, wholesale, operational, and organizational questioning of what they do, how, how well they do it.
0: Are there any particular industries or verticals or types of businesses that will be more affected by an increase in the minimum wage and those that are most able to accommodate it and those that are least able to accommodate it?
1: The ones, the industries, the sectors that are going to be, that are likely to be hit harder, are going to be around retail, and uh, hospitality, leisure, and tourism industries, uh, your restaurants, your hotels, where and your uh, retailers that are not the higher end retailers or high, um, high-end sale commission sales force type retailers, but to your groceries, your uh, drugstores, your uh, big box retailers, general merchandisers, where there's a, a large ratio of lower wage hourly employees who start near the federal minimum wage rate and their pay on average is about nine ten dollars an hour there are retailers their business models uh, they've chosen they choose to pay higher like a costco or a trader joe's and clearly uh, they're not going to be as affected i, I believe costco is already above the minimum wage rates that are being uh, talked about these days so no change there and frankly it might even help them maybe as traffic shifts towards their stores on an uh, industry basis, who is going to be less affected, clearly those that are already paying their employees at a higher rate. But as you look at industrials, uh, where you have factory workers uh, on the line, depend on their union negotiations, if they're unionized or not, or the rates that they're being paid at, there's probably going to be some impact, but not not as high.
0: Yeah, I assume that this conversation would be mostly about retail, because my impression is on the manufacturing side that probably a lot of manufacturing jobs are already something above minimum wage or am i wrong in thinking that
1: there are some there are uh, there are some that are already at or or above that ceiling of 15 dollars an hour uh, based on past contracts signed if they're unionized or or the competitive marketplace going to 15 dollars an hour or so there are some companies though there are some operations at least or some jobs where the employees started a lower rate either in the manufacturing plant or their warehouses uh, in their operations. So there, there's a, still going to be some of that. Restaurants, hotel, leisure business, and retail uh, industry are the two that have the highest number and percentage of employees at or below that $10 threshold that was being discussed in the last year or 18 months.
0: I do want to get to solutions that are, do not involve reducing personnel. But before we do that, I'm also wondering, though, if this increase is likely to drive an increase in automation at the retail level, specifically self-checkout, um, self-service type things that will cut down on personnel as a result, as a direct result of minimum wage rises.
1: Short answer is yes. So, in terms of retailers, especially if I focus on retail for a minute or two, we do expect they will need to do more to question their entire business model. So, it's not just about reducing hours or reducing headcount, but uh, looking at their operations holistically. There's going to be some desire to take a little bit of a price increase to make up for some of the cost increases they're facing, but uh, I suspect especially depending on the sector they compete in, retailers are going to find it hard to increase prices. It'll be likely be minimum. So then they will have to question their entire cost structure and their overall gross margins, looking at what products they actually sell in their stores, So gravitate towards higher margin businesses, higher margin products. So that could mean more private labels where retailers tend to have better margins or working with national brands, and begin to shrink the shelf space for national brands that deliver less gross margin and giving more shelf space to, and perhaps fewer of these brands that give them higher gross margin. So for consumers, that might mean less choice. Right. So as the shelf space gets more scarce and more competitive for better margin products for the retailers, they'll question their supply chains, wring any efficiency out of their supply chain, uh, transportation, transportation, warehousing, inventory management, so that they can bring any efficiencies out of that. And then looking at their headquarter costs, what work do they do? Is it a priority for them or not? And questioning how much of that they should do. And at the same time, perhaps where they should do that work, is it possible to outsource? Is it possible to take some work offshore to lower cost countries, even if they don't have operations there, so that they can uh, get any additional savings to make up for the Uh, minimum wage rate-related increase. On the store labor side, which tends to be uh, the the biggest cost item in a retailer's budget after their cost of goods sold, store labor cost will be questioned, right? So it's not going to be a pure increase. While the rates go up, retailers will look to reduce the hours consumed in the stores. So this will require uh, looking for more productive employees. So performance management will likely get more strict, so uh, they will tolerate less to lower-performing employees if they're suddenly getting 20 30 40% higher pay. And as you mentioned, Bob, too, uh, we do expect retailers will look to automation in different forms. So self-checkouts, uh, it was a big fad several years ago, but uh, it hasn't quite caught the fire, and in some cases, retailers have backed off of uh, the self-checkout uh, situation, self-checkout options, too. Uh, But uh, we do expect automation more broadly is going to be more prevalent in the stores and looking for more efficient processes across, across their store base, across their store operations, so that they can improve their productivity overall in any way possible.
0: Do you think we'll see an increase, which we're already seeing, in in fact, but an increase in reliance on part-time workers and on contract workers, thereby giving retailers more flexibility in staffing during peak peak times during the day and less in other times during the day? Do you think that Mm -hmm. might happen?
1: Yes, but with a uh, bit of a caution there. There is, as you mentioned, Bob, part-time options give retailers much more flexibility to optimize their schedules. But it is at the same time a double-edged sword, and we do find that part-time employees tend to have higher turnover rates, and uh, part-time employees tend to have lower productivity rates. It's a bit of a generalization, but uh, that tends to hold <laughs> generally true. That uh, So while schedule optimization is easier with part-time employees, the productivity you get out of the part-time employees is lower. So the retailers need to be careful with the optimal mix. If you push this to the extreme, all part-time employees doesn't necessarily mean that you will have the most productive labor force. So there needs to be a balance, uh, the right balance, and that will depend on the retailer and their specific operations, the ease of training the new employees and their overall level of turnover. Bob, one thing you questioned I don't know if you did question or not or raise the uh, benefits. We do expect employees, retailers especially, will push for lower benefits costs as well, looking at health insurance with the Affordable Care Act, considering pushing more employees towards the exchanges possibly, or looking for uh, shifting more of the costs to the employees. All costs are going to be on the table to figure out how best they can get the maximum efficiency out of it.
0: I do want to get back to the subject of the supply chain, which you mentioned earlier, because this is a, mm-hmm. this appears to be a really rich area, ripe for possibility in cost cutting without actually cutting headcounts. So let's talk about where are the where in an extended supply chain do you believe are the greatest opportunities for cost cutting?
1: The general comment is going to be around clearly the warehouses where uh, the large number of hourly employees are, in retail especially, to wring any efficiencies out of the warehousing between using more of the automation, more of the automated technology in the warehousing to pick products, receive products, or put them into the, their shelf space. We already see that trend, more automation in the warehousing. I do expect it'll uh, per, uh, it'll continue going that direction. But I have to somewhat defer this one, not an area that I do a lot of work myself directly.
0: Okay, but if we're talking about uh, warehousing, just as you just did, that sounds to me like a personnel cut move of some kind, whether with or without automation. It sounds like it's a question of cutting down on the bodies, but just a little bit further up the supply chain as opposed to on the retail floor.
1: It could be. Uh, It doesn't have to be a layoff. Companies can manage it through attrition, but it, it would ultimately mean using fewer hours in their warehouse operations and driving that productivity up, going back to that productivity comment.
0: And also, inventory optimization strategies, I would think, that may have nothing to do with personnel cuts. If you can do a better job of identifying excess or unsold inventory and cut that out of your balance sheet, then you have cut costs in a completely different way.
1: That is true, absolutely. But that's a perennial topic for retailers or other inventory-heavy industries, right? Companies always look for improvements in their working capital, reducing their inventory while meeting their service-level requirements. So I'm not quite sure how much any minimum wage-specific push will increase the focus on an inventory necessarily, but uh, it, it, it will be, if anything is on the table, the inventory is on the table too.
0: And I guess, again, you're saying that we talking about supply chain, maybe this isn't a topic that we can get that deep into, but going further up to your suppliers and renegotiating agreements with suppliers and perhaps cutting costs in that way might also be a move that they might consider?
1: Yes, they could consider it. And then, and then you're back to the balance of power between a uh, retailer uh, and uh, their suppliers. The uh, larger uh, consumer packaged goods companies, uh, will likely have stronger bargaining power, and of course, larger retailers will have stronger bargaining powers too. And uh, and the balance there might shift, and um, that that's the perennial balance of power between the retailers and the suppliers, and how they do that. But I, I'm not quite sure there's a whole lot to squeeze. And uh, and of course they will squeeze as much as they can, and at the same time I do see perhaps more towards a, a shift towards a higher margin products, higher margin suppliers. So, if a retailer today docks product from say three retail three suppliers, and uh, one of them has a clear benefit on the margin side and the overall business partnering side, retailers may choose to cut one of the competitors, suppliers, and shift more volume towards the supplier that provides them them better economics, better margins. So maybe less choice for consumers and giving more shelf space to the retailer with more favorable economics and increasing the private label mix in their stores might be the way to go go rather than hard-nosed negotiations on the pricing.
0: I want to wrap up with a philosophical question to which I'm not sure there's a clear answer, so please don't worry if you don't have one. Uh, but it just seems to me that the trend up until recently among retailers, driven probably largely by Walmart and the other big box retailers, has been keeping prices down, cutting costs, the lowest possible price for the consumer. And that has been the 100% goal of the big box retailers. And I want, that, of course, has led to low wages and personnel cuts and the like. And now we seem to be going in a different direction if, if it's as you say that there's even some voluntary moves toward increasing workers' pay. Do you think that there might be a general awareness out there that we went too far before and that might be one of the reasons contributing to what is clearly a shrinking middle class in this country and that we now need to correct course a little bit so that maybe this increase in the minimum wage is a move toward that? What do you think even personally about that?
1: It's a good philosophical question. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that we um, companies necessarily are uh, looking to fix the, what's the right word word here, that uh, ills of the society, perhaps not the ills, but some of the, uh, the pendulum swinging too far. But they're looking at their own businesses and their own economics and uh, how best to run their own business. Uh, companies, right? And uh, with a low minimum wage rate, I think what they found is the caliber of the employee and the productivity they get from those employees has not been sufficient. And at the same time, there's been increasing PR pressures on these uh, companies that have relied on traditionally low labor rates. And they're getting both internally, they're getting pressure to seek and retain better talent and externally to do something about their low rates. So I think the combination is pushing some of these companies to increase their rates uh, proactively. Now, uh, are they going to help the middle class in, in the process? Possibly. But what I do worry, maybe worry is not the right word, but uh, uh, the people who have jobs will get better rates, but we may have fewer people who do have those jobs too. So unless the overall economy can rejuvenate and create more jobs so that those displaced workers have different opportunities to earn as much, if not more, in their new jobs, too. So it is a it is a challenging macroeconomic question, too. Well,
0: we will just have to see. But in the meantime, Dennis... Kaglar of PwC Strategy and I want to thank you so much for being with us to give us some guidance and some tips on how companies can react to this trend of, of a rising minimum wage. Thank you very much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. That was my conversation with Dennis Kaglar of PwC Strategy and talking about how companies can cope with the rising minimum wage. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes.